people say war. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of our podcast. This week is going to be a special on League of Legends and esports. Special thanks to our sponsors, Bunker Hill Golf Course. It's an amazing par three course. I'd also like to thank Tata's Hot Sauce. It brings that flavor to your table. The stuff is amazing. You can add it to anything. It gives you that kick you need in dinner. Speaking of special thanks, I'd also like to give a special thanks to this week's special guest. His name is Faraz, and he's an expert on League of Legends and esports. Why don't you give the the thanks, Alex? A hello. Uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Thank you very much for coming. Um, so essentially, esports is electronic gaming. This is a huge, huge market right now. We have League of Legends, one of the biggest games out there. It's it's in its finals right now until November twelfth. More people are watching this online than people watch the NBA Finals, period. That's how Millions big this is. Millions of more people watch this. And what's really interesting about League, when you make bets on it against sports, it's not as analyzed as well. If you know what's going on, you can clean up on this game. Me and Alex, we made more in League than NBA, NFL, MMA, any, other, any acronym. You throw it out there, we made more in League. Absolutely. Last year, this was our biggest cash out area. Um, and for the reason that he just said, it's basically not taken seriously. People don't know what's really going on and what the odds should be. So as such, it's prime to take advantage of the odds. People only follow who win and who lose. They don't follow team changes. They don't follow tactics changes, coaching changes, anything. They just go by past history. There's not enough information. That's why you can make such good odds on this and capitalize hard. Absolutely. So before we can capitalize, I'm just going to point out we got to go over some rules. We're going to give you a basic rundown of how the game is played. That way, when we do place our bets, we take advantage of the odds, we get the wins, we minimize our risk. To start off, we're going to talk about gameplay. All right. Okay? Let me let me take it from here. Well, right. to start with, at least. League of Legends is a 5v5 competitive MOBA. Uh, MOBA stands for Multiplayer Online Battle Arena. It's a type of game that's been out for many years now. Um, this game, I believe, is still the most played game in the world with over 10 million. It's free to play, which makes an easy entry. And what they're really smart about, they made it so the graphics requirements are really low. Anybody could play this game. So now, because of it, it's a worldwide phenomenon. Absolutely. I mean, and like you said, it's a 5v5 game. Yes. That means you're not playing by yourself. You can't just walk in and take a championship. You need a team. That's where strategies start to come in. So it's going to be you and four other characters against five other characters. There's a central objective to destroy the tower at the end. And essentially the first team to get that nexus. wins. It's a nexus, sorry. Um, it's okay. It's, uh, we're, we're simplifying things here a little bit today. But, I, uh, yeah, I understand. But essentially when we're talking about how to get to that nexus, it's not as easy as you just run at it. There's a very complex map. And that map is basically your field of play. And it's going to show you how to various paths to that nexus. You can choose to take many, few, focus, go aside. Well, but essentially... We're going to break down the map for you, Frost, if you want to give us all a right, breakdown. All right. As you mentioned earlier, there are many paths in League of Legends. More specifically, there are three. You have your top lane, your middle lane, and your bottom lane. Basically, these three lanes, they lead to the enemy base. And depending on which lane you take, your role is completely different. Um, on top of that, these three lanes, there's also a jungle where other random monsters spawn. You have one person who basically goes around killing jungle monsters to get golden experience. We'll get back into that later. 
This game is basically a 5v5, each role is a bit different. If you go top lane, you're going somebody who you have to solo against somebody else. It's the most lonely of the lanes, you barely get any support. However, it's the most unchecked lane, so if you can dominate on this lane, you can basically clean house. There have been entire games this one on this role alone. Um, there's the jungler, he's the guy who goes around the jungle, mainly... Between the lanes, essentially. Yeah, between the lanes, essentially. You, and the best part about the jungler... Oh yeah. Best part about the jungler, no one knows where he is. He does all the, what they call ganking, where you basically team up on your opponent. And he basically secures kills, makes the lanes more advantageous, and kind of just carries the team home. Wanna call it the middle lane? And the middle lane is essentially another good is another good strategy to come up. You generally want to have two guys in that lane, as that's going to be the most frequented lane. It's one also going to be between... guy and the jungler. Although, I guess that counts. Well, one guy and the jungler, essentially, yeah. Because it's, it's between the other two lanes, so that's where the ganking comes into play. Uh, basically, your character can go uh, a little bit left, a little bit right, and you're going to try and have that jungler come in and catch someone from surprise from either side. Um, that being said, that's another way to go forward. Uh, we have the bottom lane left, um, which is generally another two guys on the team. The final totaling, two guys. Totaling out your five. Let me take it from here. Absolutely. Bottom lane, you have two more roles. There's the support role, who doesn't try to get gold, but he basically provides other means of support for his team. Stunning, disabling, providing buffs. And you have this role called the carry, the ADC. Basically a guy who is a ranged attacker, although sometimes we've seen other people down there. And as the game progresses, he starts off very weak, but as the game goes on, he gets stronger and stronger based on if he can get advantages, and he can eventually clean house. And it's always an exciting link to watch out for because it's 2v2, one side can take advantage very quickly and snowball the entire map. Well, that being said, we're going to come back into the characters a little bit later. Returning more back to map features, these three lanes have specific uh, advantages and disadvantages. When you're starting to go through the lanes and going between the lanes, you're going to see different buffs available to you. You're not the only players on the board. There are non-player characters. Those non-player characters can range from anywhere from minions to powerful dragons and barons and monsters. So that being said, Depending on where you're going through the map, you're going to have better access or worse access to these areas where they are kept. Those can provide you with beneficial treatments or cripple your enemy. So basically, uh, going over your areas, you're going to want to make sure that you make a solid path towards the end through one of the three lanes, and you're going to keep an eye out for these buffs or cripples and uh, take advantage of that with various characters. For example, in when you have the three lanes there is a common middle lane that goes horizontally across the board that would typically be called the no man's land but in this area it's basically every man's land and that's where you're going to have prize characters yep high risk high reward exactly when you get in there anybody can take advantage of you you don't have a line of sight you're putting yourself at risk but especially with, against a giant monster who can attack you back but with those risks and rewards because if you kill these things you basically get a buff the benefits your team for the entire game. And getting these things is favorable because if you go and they don't, and you get these buffs, you will inevitably win the game. So not only do they provide opportunities to get stronger, they also basically um, promote Snowball. engagement and make the game more entertaining to watch. Otherwise, let's have three lanes doing their own thing the entire game. This basically increases the excitement of the match and provides some other factors to consider when playing this game and making your bets. Absolutely. Now we're talking about buffs, cripples, reward, risk-reward balances. 
Um, but we really have to focus down on what these really are and how to get them. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some non-player characters. We're going to work our way from the lowest ranking to the highest ranking. And we're just kind of doing this based on the power levels that we All see. Right. So I'd like to start with the basic characters. The minions? The minions. These guys are great. Not the ones you're thinking of from, from Disney or no, whoever. These, these ones carry weapons and like to attack your opponents for you. So basically in each, three, each lane, we have three lanes, we have three um, sets of minions that come up. They, come, they spawn on a various time frame, I believe it's every 60 seconds, to a line of five. When they come up, they will walk up that, their designated pathway and go towards the enemy. Your enemy will have these same minions spawn at the same time. They create a battle zone when they meet in the middle. Now the reason this is important is because you can push these minions by helping them and take out other minions and push them further along. As they go further along, they're going to do more damage to other structures, to the opponent, um, and they're going to provide you with a valuable boost to your assault. Not only that, but each minion, if you kill them, you get gold. They provide resources. Not only are they fighting for you, but you want to stay near them and support your side because that enables you to get gold, not only that, but whenever you kill one, you get experience, making your heroes stronger, your champions stronger. Essentially, they attract people from going to the center of the lane and fighting each other. Without these minions, there wouldn't really be a game because you stay near the minions, you get stronger, you push, you win. If you stay away from them, you are guaranteed to lose. Exactly, and we've mentioned gold several times already, so I'm just going to go over a little bit on gold yeah, here. Yeah, gold Basically, is really important. Absolutely. It's not just about picking characters, it's about building those characters. Killing things gets you experience points, but killing specific things will get you gold. Gold allows you to buy things like gear that will help you boost your character a second fold. Um, as such, it's always going to be important to be near your minions. Like you said, it's going to give you almost like two buffs instead of one just by fighting near them and helping them out. It's a huge part of the game, highly up, over underlooked, but if you pay attention to this, you can make better bets. Absolutely. Uh, the next uh, step up, it's kind of a debate here. I'm gonna choose dragons um, as our next step up from minions, only because they don't evolve. Um, dragons have various I'll give that powers. One to you. They have various powers. Uh, they will attack you back. Okay, yeah. so you need to be careful. If you're just starting the game and your character isn't a developed character yet, you can't go after a dragon right away. It'll you can two-man them, though. It'll kill you one-on-one. Two-man, you can, you can take them out, but that dedicates two of your five characters. So it's not something you can just walk up and do all willy-nilly. Not only that, but it takes a minute and a half or about a minute to do it with two characters. So if the enemy notices there are two people missing, they're going to know where you are. And they'll come and attack you from behind, essentially not only killing the dragon instead of you, who did most of the damage, but killing you as well. Exactly. Now these dragons, the reason why I'm mentioning them now is because they do play a vital role. You get different dragons, they spawn randomly, and they give you uh, different buffs. So you can either get speed ups, health boost, damage boost, damage resist. There's, it depends on the type of dragon that spawns. I'd just say for the time being, kill dragon, get stronger. Absolutely. That's definitely a big a Big, big plus. thing about League, don't, don't read too into all the individual sections. You get a general idea of what each thing does, and then later on you go into detail. For now, fight minions. Dragons make you stronger, but watch out, essentially. Exactly. Uh, you definitely want those. They will add up throughout the game. So if you take one, two, or three dragons, or you see teams taking one, two, three dragons, 
absolutely that team is going to be at a big advantage. Higher percent odds of winning at that point, essentially. It's just your characters are stronger. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about our next guy, the Rift Herald? Next guy is this Rift Herald. He's this giant beetle-like creature. Nothing much to say about him. You kill him, you can basically summon him, and he can fight for your team, essentially. So for a little while, essentially, he'll just take a, uh, assist your team, he'll run down a lane... He'll, he'll help start... you get more objectives, too. You get this guy, you'll also take down enemy structures, which also gives you gold. So it's a good early game objective to, to try and fight for. Exactly. Now, I want to keep that aspect in mind, that this is a good early game objective, because the Rift Herald changes in the game. He becomes what's called the Baron. He basically game. runs away at 20 minutes. He's the Rift Herald. He's heralding this, the coming of this giant monster that if you kill it, you become almost legendary in power. Now, this legendary power monster doesn't just give your team powers. It gives your minions more power. Yeah. That makes your minions stronger than your opponents. They're no longer even. So you don't have to help them push. But he's By very this, difficult to kill. Absolutely. Um, it usually takes a full team, and we often see people snipe a kill out of that. Yeah, so, but, but let me hold you real quick. What Alex means by sniping a kill is whoever kills this thing gets stronger. But by killing it, you just have to be the one who deals the lethal blow. This guy could be in a battle for six minutes, but you'll often see an enemy team come in, shoot one arrow at it, be the one who kills it, and you get it stolen, essentially. Which is why you want to be very careful in doing this thing. It was a huge risk in taking it. It's not as free as it sounds. Absolutely. However, the benefits are amazing. You get stronger, your minions get stronger. Because you're in late game, if you're already ahead, this pretty much locks it up for you. If you're behind, this brings you back and even possibly puts you ahead. This is just such a good bonus. The risk is high, absolutely, but so is the reward. For sure. And I think that's, again, another element of gameplay that keeps the game going. It makes it it's exciting. All of these things are found right in the middle. Um, so we're going to move on to our next point, which is our objectives. Um, we talked about a few already. Getting the win condition is destroying the nexus at the end of your opponent's uh, it's battlefield. It's basically highly guarded. There are three layers of uh, fortifications you got to get through. You can't just run up and kill it. That's why the game takes so long. Even then, maybe 30 minutes. Would you say average game? Yeah, I would say an average game is about 25 to 30 yeah. minutes. Sometimes um, 20. Sometimes 20, but that's, that's part of the, the gameplay. You can rush through. You can take longer based on other things. Um, however, like you mentioned, it's not a free run to the Nexus. On the way, on all of those paths are towers. These towers fire at you. They deal damage to you. And early in that game, that damage is lethal quick. So you want to build up your characters, and as you push forward, those towers will eventually start getting a little easier, but they're never not a threat. They always focus on the min on uh, the closest individual so what you want to do is stay behind your minions and let your minions attack the tower they basically sponge it for you but essentially you kill the towers you get more gold you get more advantage the enemy becomes weaker that's why they're so important yeah another key objective and this is uh, again going back to our uh, characters our npcs is the baron the baron again not a win condition um but uh, it's just so good to have once you get it the buffs are amazing that is an objective you can bet on. So is the uh, towers, and so are the dragons. Um, however, when you're really talking about the uh, side objective in this game, you're talking about Baron. Yeah, one could argue though, a team's speed will definitely encourage how many dragons you bet for. Because what's really interesting about this game is you can win in 20 minutes, and you can win in 40 minutes. And some teams have a win rate, and you can see statistically, most of the games take 20 minutes to win. 
Dragons only spawn once every six minutes, and the first one spawns six minutes in. So if game doesn't go beyond 20 minutes, there is no way that more than three dragons will die in that game. So if you see a team that's good, that's going to win, and there's a good uh, payout for dragon uh, calling, which is one of the things you can bet for, there you go. That's some almost guaranteed money in your pocket. Absolutely. If you ever see an objective where you have dragons over under three, generally the under three would be a good pick. For a speedy team. For a speedy team. That's the big thing. The way this game works is you can go one of two ways. You have some champions, people you can play, who early on are very strong. They can, like, kill you really quickly with very little gear if left unchecked. People like Renekton, for example. However, as the game goes on, the other characters get stronger and they fall behind and lose. Some people like to go for Renekton and people like that. They, want, they will end the games quickly. Some teams are actually very successful in doing that. They're very exciting teams, getting lots of kills, etc. You bet less dragons for them. Absolutely, and you bring up a good point that there's various playstyles. Those playstyles are predicated on various characters. We have character types that are good at early game, that start off very strong, and they don't scale as well. Whereas we have other characters that start off very weak, but over the term of the game, due to their gear and their abilities, they get much stronger than the other than their predecessors. So taking a look at that, you mentioned Renekton as an early game. Yep. Because Renekton's an early game player, he's really good to get out there if you see players or uh, teams that historically pick characters that are similar to that character, you can bet on that early game win. Now that being said... There are other characters who scale much later in the game. Absolutely. Some characters here are almost garbage early, but if you leave them unchecked or you leave them time just to chill get gold by killing minions, or even worse, you yourself dying to them, giving them a bit more gold, they will crush. People like, let's say Kaisa, for example. Early game, she can't do much, but the late game, she offers so much, she can evaporate an entire team in 10 seconds, and you can just almost guarantee she will win if the game goes on for too long. People like that, you take more dragons. You go for a longer game, basically. Absolutely, and you bring up a good point. This character is better late game. Now we know for a fact that Baron doesn't even spawn for 20 minutes. So if you see a team that is all late game characters, you're not going to want to bet on things like First Tower or Rift Herald because they're not going to be at the strength yet to take it. However, if you go late game characters like this, the Baron is a very solid bet because if they lose and they lose quick, the Baron doesn't even spawn. Which means your bet is a void instead of you a loss. You bring a very good point. What's really interesting about the Baron is he spawns at 20 minutes. At the 20 minute mark, the team who's weak early is already at a level where they're even or slightly ahead. So Baron spawning and them being in that position is basically like the game saying, congratulations for surviving for so long. Here's your power to basically win the game. That's why you actually have people who go for the strategy. Because at first sight, it's like, yeah, strong heroes early, they'll always win. But no, that, that's the reason. People bank on this thing, essentially. So like you said, some people bank on that, especially the players in the early game uh, stages. If they can make it to that 20-minute mark and stay ahead, getting that Baron for them, sure, it'll lock that down. But honestly, if they're ahead at that point and they're doing really well, they're probably already steamrolling. That's why I figure Baron's a little bit better of a bet for a long-term player if yeah. you're going to be betting on that. Oh, for sure. Um, but looking at characters, we're not just stuck with you know, early game, late game, each character varies on what they can and cannot do. We have characters that are good at killing other characters. Like Kaisa. Like uh, absolutely. And other characters that are good at absorbing damage and protecting their fellow characters, allowing those assassins to get their shots off, such as Shen. Or 
also can control the enemy assassins. Exactly. They can be blocking shots, absorbing damage, providing cover. They can taunt. Basically, you can force the assassin to attack the tank, making them immobile, then themselves basically getting countered by the other team. They have a very important role. It's not just running around, you know. Absolutely. They can make a match. Absolutely. Every character brings something to the table. That's a five-on-five aspect. That's why no one character can ever win. You need that team. You need everyone to support each other and work in, in some kind of cohesive fashion so that you can all together push towards the enemy and get that win. Uh, but we mentioned gold earlier. We mentioned characters. It's time to talk about how the gold works with the characters. Your character doesn't just get stronger by having gold. Your team acquires gold. You then have to spend that gold to give your guys armor, weapons, buffs, debuffs to your opponents through your um, items. And that's where characters really come and shine. That's and how early game teams can actually win sometimes, in fact, because, as Alex mentioned, you get gold. You use gold to buy items. How do you get items? You kill minions and all these other things we mentioned. You can also get gold by killing the enemy players. So, essentially, a team who is early on gets a few kills will have an early gold advantage early, or an early gold advantage quicker, enabling their champions who will fall off later to become even stronger and clapping the game really quick. It can lead to a very devastating effect. Absolutely. And sometimes you'll see a, a team put a couple of early game players on their team or characters on their team just to get that gold advantage so one of their other teammates can use it and get up to that higher level faster. Yes, very much so. And very like in, in fact, for example, you see a lot of times there's a support person who doesn't need gold that often and someone called an ADC like Kaisa needs gold a lot. They'll get an enemy champion very low health, but the support will just run away. She won't even an attempt to hit the last attack so the ADC can get it. You basically want to funnel your gold to the characters who will shine later, like as fast as you can, essentially. Absolutely. Now, when we talk about armor, weapons, stuff like that, I mean, again, this is League of Legends, so you're going to have all sorts of crazy magic armors that you can put on your character that can do anything from healing them with attacks to poisoning your opponents for long-term aggravated damage to even take you across the entire map in a blink of an eye. Um, for example, we have Kaisa, who we've mentioned before, who's an assassin. One of her weapons of choice that you see a lot of professionals pick is the Rage Blade. It does increasing consecutive damage per hit. And it also starts off with really good base attacks. So you hold this thing, you get damage, but if you start attacking for a few seconds, your attacks get quicker and you scare really scale really quickly, which is great because in the final 5v5 fight, they last a bit longer and items like these become more valuable, which is why it's so crazy on her, but maybe not as good on other people. Absolutely. A weapon like this wouldn't really be so good on a character like Shen, who we talked about earlier, who is actually a tank build character. A tank build character is a character who's built to absorb damage and essentially provide cover for the rest of your team. They can't make turns for the entire team, but if we give him a, a weapon like the Rage Blade, it's not going to do very much. He's not as aggressive, so having more offense on him only really brings him up to par. It doesn't boost any of his natural abilities, and we'd, much, we'd be much better off giving him some kind of armor. Exactly, because these people, they don't, these champions, people, these champions, they don't go around punching you in the face and killing you. They will control you a lot more. They'll stun you, they'll taunt you. For example, Shen, you know, he makes enemies attack him, but if he's weak or doesn't have armor, yeah, they'll attack him and he'll die. But if he can absorb damage, 
you know, he can stay around longer, disable enemy champions for longer, and sway the battle towards their favor. Other tanky champions have healing abilities, for example, so the longer the fight goes on, the more advantage you have because you're healing up and the enemy team is just getting Absolutely, crushed. and it doesn't mean that you only have to go one op option, take armor or health. For example, we have the Dead Man's Plate that Shen wears often, and as such, he gets increased movement speed so he can get to his partners faster. He then has increased health, increased armor, and he has a stun and a charge. So he combos everything. Not only does he take less damage per attack, but he has a higher health pool. So it's going to take more attacks in general to yeah. take him down. After that, he's also stunning you. He's taunting you. He's, he's not letting you get away. It's not always the fight that you win. It's the fight you can't get away from. While he's taunting you, someone else is attacking you. And so, it's, you know, we can go on with a million examples like this. There's a League of Legends has hundreds of items, there's hundreds of champions. There's a lot of complexity that can go on, but a more simplistic, a simplistic version is you get gold, your character gets stronger, basically, and that's why you want it. Absolutely. It's like having a, a really big henchman. Well, wouldn't he be a little bit more effective if you bought him a bat? Yeah. And that's essentially what you're doing here. You're going to buy them weapons, you're going to buy them armor. The bats so get spikier. Exactly. As, as you have more items, the bats get better, their, their gear gets better, and they get better as a result. That being said, we've touched on it a few times, but various strategies. We have early game strategy, which is essentially going in and killing quick. This is what we're talking about, the 20-minute wins. This is where we see not divide and conquer, but focus and conquer. There's also another thing. It's called first blood. First champion who dies. The first person who kills a champion gets first blood. You often want to bet on the faster team to get first blood, as we mentioned earlier, because it accelerates that team. They get people who specialize in this champions who are good to get these first objectives quicker. And that's where a lot of betting companies and the general odds, that's where they don't you know, quite match what the real numbers are supposed to be. And that's where you really clean house. Exactly. Because when you talk about these betting companies, they're looking, like you said earlier, not at the teams, not at the characters they're choosing, not even at the players playing them. They're looking at the team's previous win-loss records. That has nothing to do with first blood. A lot of cases you'll see the team that gets first blood doesn't end up winning. And, and it's not because they're a worse team. Well, maybe it is. But essentially, it has, it, it's not a direct reflection of the game. Not only that, but matchups in particular are so difficult to predict because you can have two teams that are both really high win rates and they both are early game teams and they both have like assassin heroes. They both get first blood quickly. However, one team could favor an assassin hero that has moves that kind of counters the enemy team's assassin hero. Very, not very frequently the people factor that into their odds, but you see something like that going on, you see who is going to clash, and the kind of trends they go for champions picked, you can more accurately get who's going to win that game and who's going to secure those objectives. Absolutely. Now that's getting pretty meta into the game. Um, now when I say meta... Comes in. Exactly. League of Legends has, I, th I think it's over 100 characters now. Yeah. Um, that you can choose from. So Don't worry, half of them are very rarely taken in professional play. But it makes but it makes picking the matchups a little bit more difficult. Very true. You don't have to necessarily know which character your player or your team is going to pick. You have to know more their style. So you see early game teams versus late game teams. If that early game team is good and that late game team 
is good, then you can usually bet on it going a little bit later. Teams will generally view each other. They'll tend to, to counter like you mentioned. I don't know, man. Game, I know, it, it can be kind of back and forth, but I mean, it's one of those things where these side objectives tend to, to favor late game. Like, for example, when you mentioned the Dragons. It's just not possible it to also, really get three in 20 minutes. It also really depends on the tenacity of the players to a certain degree. There are some people who will really do their homework. Just one quick example. World Championship. I think it was three years ago. Okay, North NALCS, the North American Championship. There are these two teams playing in the final best of five. Odds are really high. Everyone's putting money in. You know, first blood will be really important. There is this one character, he did his homework, he studied his enemy movement so precisely that he got it within the first 30 seconds of the game. He essentially knew where that guy is going to be based on where that guy has ever been, and he took it. I knew this guy had these tendencies to research that much, so went on that bet. That's it was quite a bit of decent profit, I'd say. Uh, absolutely, and that's when you get to know the char- the players and the way that they play. There's always going to be standout characters that are characters, I guess, players and characters like that, um, and you have to take advantage. Again, this is not a sport covered by a lot of bookies, so as such, they don't really know. It's growing though. I think the the, the gap is going to slowly start to decrease, and more and more people get in on this. Absolutely. Now is a good time to really jump in. So. One of the best strategies that we have here when you're betting on this type of a game is you're going to have a long-term team versus a short-term team, and then you can bet on the Baron like we mentioned before. The beauty of the Baron is that it doesn't appear for at least 20 minutes. Yep. At that point, if the fast team is doing really well, it doesn't always make sense for them to abandon what's working for them if they're so close to the end. So they can get that objective without getting the Baron. That's what their characters are built for, that speed, that aggressiveness, to get to that end, a 20-minute game is generally around their pace. They're not going to spend abandon themselves at 20 minutes to go attack the Baron for 6 or 7 when it can be stolen and they're already winning. However, if it does go longer, the Baron's available, these long-term teams will have much better odds at taking that Baron as their characters are now scaling up. This one pays out for you quite a bit, doesn't it? Absolutely. This one pays out much more than the win, usually. An extra point or two um, on that and it has the chance to go void. Barons are not an objective you have to get. As such, it can be avoided completely. So it's one of those things where it's one of those things you gotta look at the odds, if it goes void, if it's going to win, and what your risk versus the payout is. Yeah. If it's a higher reward to take the Baron, and you were gonna bet on that long-term team anyway, bet on the long-term team to take the Baron, because that makes more sense. If they're gonna win, the other team can't be getting the Baron early. So if you think they're going to win, take that Baron. It'll pay more, and it'll have a chance to go and void instead of a loss. Uh, moving forward on that, we also have other objectives, like you mentioned, First Blood. If you want to go back into a little bit more detail on All right. Fast Teams. Fast Teams, First Blood. Very exciting one. I like to, I like to, I like to support Fast Teams. Main reason why, don't have all the time in the world to watch this game. I really enjoy it. But the teams who provide the most excitement for a game, a faster team. Slow teams, they, you don't see a ton of action. They play really defensively. They, the games last for a while, and the scoreboard you know, number of champions killed is very low. Yeah, you'll win, but you'll fall asleep too. Uh, fast teams, on the other hand, they kill very quickly. They try to get their advantage as fast as possible. 
and they'll you know run away with the game with it. One advantage in particular that caters towards teams like this is First Blood. First Blood is in a bonus, essentially. You get 300 gold, which is quite a bit, especially early on, to kill the enemy champion first, be the first one to get a kill. Teams that are on these strategies, they will more likely get these kills, and you will see then the trends. So if two teams are playing against each other and the, and the other team has, is like, you know, generally a bit more favored to win, you would still want to go first blood for your guys because the, chan the payout is just so huge because the team is expected to lose, but you know at the very least that first blood is happening and you cashed out heavy with that knowledge. Absolutely. That's another reason why I like the, why this was our big money maker. It's again the odds makers are looking at win loss records. They're not looking at stats. By taking that first blood on an underdog team, you're getting almost double underdog odds. Instead of it paying 2.1 or 2.2, you're getting 3.5 or 4, which is incredible for something that a little bit of research can pay out for. Now keep in mind again this has got to be based on a history of these teams playing fast. It's not just first blood, oh, let's always pick the underdog. There's it's a reason why they can't predict it so well. You can't just put these numbers in a machine and have it just pump out a result. You have to be paying attention to stuff. Absolutely. And that's where we're going to be making our money uh, this season in League of Legends. Um, so just to recap a little bit, when we have our gameplay, it's a 5v5 on a team, uh, team format on a large map with three central lanes. Those lanes differ in various uh, aspects. However, the goal is to get through these lanes, through the obstacles, and destroy the nexus at your opponent's end. That nexus is a game over. You win, they lose. Take it down fast. That being said, you have things you can buff you, like your objectives, uh, like side objectives, such as your dragons, baron, etc., which will boost your team in various aspects, speed, strength, stamina, etc. Um, that'll help you snowball your team. Uh, you, you have a hundred plus characters to choose from, which gives you an incredible range of diversity, and each character can outfit themselves in several variations of gear, making them tanks to assassins to long-range heroes, short-range, and just boost you everywhere. That being said, you have to look at character types and the strategies of those teams that are playing in order to pick up the strategic advantages when coming to our bets. Yeah, essentially, it's very flashy to watch. I actually kind of enjoy watching it more than other sports, to be honest, just because there's just so many variables to take into consideration, and it pays out quite well, especially if you know what you're doing. Absolutely. You'll often see the odds uh, for eSports at par or better than uh, regular sports. Again, more people watch the finals for League of Legends and this type of game than the NBA finals. So if you think NBA betting is big, imagine this, guys. Untapped potential. Absolutely. The finals of League of Legends are going on right now. Because of the amount of teams and the length of these matches, uh, it's not something that's done in a, a day. This will be going on until November 12th. So over the next couple of weeks, expect to have some uh, bets on this, especially on the road to a million. So stay tuned for another episode coming up shortly. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. And we should be uh, cashing out and making some bucks. Hope you guys win. Special thanks to our sponsors one more time. Tata's Hot Sauce brings that flavor to your table. Bunker Hill Golf Course, go enjoy the links. And for us, thank you very much for joining me on today's episode. My pleasure, sir.